This episode of the Upper Discussion Podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey, the Canadian way, without an E. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatnai, and you're listening to episode 302 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes and learning from our wonderful guests. Today, we're talking all about biscuits and gravy. Toby, can you say gravy? Green. Green. Yay, orange. Orange, okay. Today, we're talking all about biscuits and gravy, because it's National Biscuits and Gravy Day. You excited? Yeah, drop. Yeah. Cool. Drop. Cool. Good job. But before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, I think it's important to remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and to engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. Um, Throughout this episode, you're going to hear me and my guest, Matt Cole, talk a lot about um, complicated relationships to geography, uh, specifically his complicated relationship to his family's uh, historical roots in the South. Um, So, you know, I I think that it, as a as a white settler especially i think it's important to think about your your relationship to the place that you live um and so i want to encourage you to take some time today and reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area so like i alluded to today december 14th is national biscuits and gravy day and so to capitalize on arbitrary fast food based holidays and hashtags i thought okay why not let's get our biscuits on Little did I know, as a Montrealer with little to no actual tangible connection to Southern food, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. If you've never had biscuits and gravy, you might make the same mistake I made in assuming that it's anything like it sounds like. Maybe you've had a Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuit and you're picturing that kind of thing smothered in brown gravy like your Thanksgiving turkey. You're wrong. (laughs) That's what I thought too. But the reality is that these biscuits are kind of totally different and that the gravy is way thicker and traditionally made of ground sausage. So I won't say too much more here off the top of the show because throughout this episode, you're going to hear me getting a little lesson in the old B&G from my buddy Matt Cole. Then halfway through the show, we issue each other a challenge. My challenge? To give my best effort at making traditional biscuits and gravy. His challenge? To set aside at least an hour to cook for himself as a form of self-care. In the second half of the show, we report back to each other about how those two things went. And uh, I think you're going to find this really fun and interesting. Toby, can you say sausage? Sausage. That's right. Sausage. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's dive in. Everybody, it has been a long, long day. You're probably listening to this first thing in the morning. So for you, it has not yet been a long day. But for me, it is the evening and I am mad at Amazon. So let's get into it. The person that I'm talking to today is the wonderful Matt Cole. Matt is one of the co-hosts of Debate This. You've also probably heard him on the show before. He was on the Mac and Cheese episode of this very podcast not that long ago. He is back today 
and I'm very excited about it. Matt, welcome back. How you doing? In this, the year of our Lord 2020, I simply exist. I do know better. I do know worse. I simply exist. But hey, thanks for having me back on your show. I'm happy to be here. That's a whole mood, and I relate to it, and I'm here with you. A big old mood. <laughs> it's been a bit of a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are you, Tom? I am, you know what? I could be a lot worse. I was just, uh, for the listeners, I was just telling Matt before the recording that I spent the entire day waiting for an Amazon delivery that uh, had been handed off to a third-party carrier, as so often does in my lovely home country of Canada. This uh, third-party carrier uh, <laughs> looked like it only delivered within a city that I do not live in, in a province that I also do not live in. Uh, so I was really worried about that all day, and I just uh, got off the phone with them 20 minutes ago. And uh, it turns out, like, they do deliver here. They just also had an error in their delivery tracking system that uh, told me my package would be delivered today, when in fact it will not be delivered till Friday. So uh, I'm mad. But you know what? We're here to talk about food, and food is a joyful thing, and I think that this conversation will lift my spirits. But before we get into that, I do just want to say, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Oh, the most important (laughs) words to ever be said. Uh, And now we shall proceed into a conversation that will hopefully raise both your spirits and your cholesterol levels. Yes! So obviously people know already by this point in the episode what the topic is. We're talking biscuits and gravy. Now, I have... A little confession. Are you about to tell me you've never had biscuits and gravy? I have never had biscuits and gravy. I have had biscuits. I have had gravy. I have never had biscuits and gravy together. Okay, so this is important. This is an important clarification. When you say you have had gravy, I mean, obviously, like, there are a gajillion types of gravy. Mm -hmm. Have you had, like, breakfast gravy? No. No. Okay, so that's a problem. Yeah. That's a real problem with this conversation yeah. that I have today. Um, because so, I would I would posture that, yes, you have had biscuits, but you have not had the titular gravy. Okay, so this is this is important. This is a goal of mine. To, to peel back the curtain a little bit, Matt and I are recording this part of the episode much, much earlier, like way in advance of when the second part of the episode will be recorded. And I'm kind of setting a goal for myself here that during our conversation, I will understand what the gravy part of biscuits and gravy is enough that I can then go and make it so that but before the second half of the show, I will be able to eat it, and then I'll be able to kind of report back. So, Matt, you—I mean, we we talked about this a bit last time. You have family from the south, from where? Virginia. Yeah. So I have um, half of my family. My dad's whole side of the family is from Northern Virginia, uh, specifically Richmond, which is like the northern border of the South. However, <laughs> Richmond, Virginia not to not to dwell on something that only lasted four years although we here in america are really good at doing that richmond virginia was the capital of the confederacy and you can go a lot farther south in america and be much farther north than you are (laughs) in richmond virginia Um, right yeah and that's an important clarification to make that like richmond virginia is an incredibly southern town and when you when you see like down home southern america on television richmond virginia is what they're talking about sure fair enough 
Okay, so so you obviously, as someone with uh, deep southern roots that you sound a little bit ashamed of, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what what can you tell me about biscuits and gravy? Because obviously you know about them because you immediately got on my case about not having had you know the titular gravy. Tell me everything. Yeah, so like biscuits and gravy is is my go to breakfast food order. It is my absolutely my my favorite breakfast food and gravy much like other viscous foods listen i'm not trying to get into the soup debate today but um (laughs) there are tons and tons of types of gravy um you know like whether it's brown gravy or white gravy or like gravy that you would put on a steak versus gravy that you would put on turkey on thanksgiving like there are tons and tons of different kinds of gravy but sausage gravy, which is the the gravy that goes with biscuits and gravy, is a much different, in my opinion, flavor and almost more importantly, a much different viscosity mm. than your regular gravy. And that's really important. A good sausage gravy is like almost the texture of of like a paste. Or like a wet sand. Like I'm not describing, <laughs> not describing sausage gravy in a way that sounds good, but I am describing it accurately. Um, it's it's not gravy that you can pour out of a boat, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that's important to note that this isn't. You're not taking a plate of biscuits and then taking a gravy boat and dressing your (laughs) biscuits with the gravy boat. But when you order a meal of sausage gravy and biscuits, the sausage gravy is the main food of the meal. And the biscuits is like the delivery method. Okay. This is, this is a really important distinction. I think, cause I, I think that I have always kind of assumed that it was like more about the biscuits and that the gravy was like a sauce that you kind of dip in it. But you're telling me that the biscuits are really the, the utensil and the sauce is what matters. Yes. A hundred percent. And that's not to say, yeah, that's not to say that good biscuits aren't crucial to the meal of sausage gravy and biscuits. Oh, sure. But the the gravy itself is what you are ordering. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like it's like ordering a sandwich or like a sub, and you don't order the sub for the bread, but the bread is important. Right. Like if I go to Subway, I'm either getting. Do you guys have Subway in Canada? We that do. sounds like a dumb question. Okay. <laughs> I've the only part of Canada I've ever been to was the Niagara Falls Canadian half. Right. Um, right. So the <laughs> most American corner of Canada. Anyway, if you go to Subway, like you're either going to get Italian bread or Italian herbs and cheese. There's no reason to get anything else. Sure. Because yeah. the bread does matter, but you're not just eating bread. You're eating what's inside the bread. Right. Biscuits and sausage gravy. Same concept. The bread mm-hmm. is important. Um, but I actually, as a heathen who is only 50% Southern, prefer my sausage gravy on white toast um, because I'm not the biggest biscuit fan. Okay. That, I think, is important clarification number one about sausage gravy is that it is the meal. Okay. You are ordering it for, like, that is your protein. 
when you order <laughs> sausage gravy and biscuits. Right. My go-to order pretty much at any breakfast place is going to be biscuits and gravy with home fries and two over easy eggs. And you just, it's just a pile. You just pile it all on there and then you put hot sauce on there and then you just spoon it into your big fat face. God. And that's, that's the go-to method in my opinion. I cannot even tell you how good this sounds and how mad I am that I live in a city that doesn't really do that. Okay, like, there's got to be somewhere. Yeah. Again, my my knowledge of Canada is Niagara Falls and four hockey teams, but there's got to <laughs> be somewhere that has biscuits and gravy in Montreal. I refuse to believe that there isn't. No, and and like certainly there must be, but like it's not like a it's not like a staple of our like breakfast menus, you know? Sure, sure, okay. Yeah, it that makes plenty be, of sense. Maybe. That's 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 an argument I'm willing to to make is that maybe it should be a staple of our breakfast menus, but like yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at, like, the Denny's menu right now, even. Because I'm thinking, like, Denny's is a chain that we do have in Canada. Not in Montreal, of course. Because uh-huh. Montreal doesn't have jack shit that isn't, <laughs> like, our own. Uh, but, like, I figure, okay, maybe Denny's will have this, right? Because, like, I've been to Denny's in the States. So, like, you know, maybe. No, I'm not seeing that on the Denny's menu at all. And I'm mad. Because <laughs> that um... was my closest bet. I don't know. I don't know what to do, Matt. I have to make it myself. So how do I make it myself? What do I do? Okay, so so here's where I'm going to be completely honest with you and say that I am not super picky when it comes to sausage gravy and how it's made. So I don't have my own recipe to say, like, this is what you have to do. This is what sausage gravy is. Sure. Um, but I've looked at a couple of other recipes that I want to give you some really important, what I think are important pieces of sausage gravy. All right. And I think thing one to point out is that like, it's super dairy heavy. Again, it's thick. It's basically just flour and milk. Like you are, you're gonna make a roux and then you're gonna put milk in there and then you're just gonna flavor that pan paste until you put sausage in it. Okay. Yeah. So. I've got a couple of different recipes in front of me and there's this one in particular that I've been looking at for a while that that the more I read it, the better I feel about it. And it's got chopped onion, which yes, 100% Hmm. should be in your gravy. Um, This one calls for poultry seasoning, which is interesting, but I don't disagree. Ground nutmeg, which I'm I'm into. Sure. Salt, a little bit of Worcestershire sauce, which again clutch uh and then this one calls for tabasco sauce cayenne pepper or other hot sauce which i would posture should not go in your actual gravy but should be applied liberally to the plate right yeah but uh the last thing is butter or bacon grease if needed and the answer is it's always needed (laughs) okay Okay, yeah. this makes sense to me so far. So what I'm what I'm kind of like mentally tasting here is almost a bechamel because a bechamel, you know, it's a roux plus. I, I just learned this recently on this show. It's a roux plus like cream usually and nutmeg. Yeah. So yes. so I'm hearing that, and then I'm thinking, okay, you're adding the poultry seasoning, which like obviously poultry seasoning is kind of a, a vague phrase, but like it's usually like lots of dried herbs, 
you know, uh, a quick Wikipedia or a quick Google search rather tells me it's like, you know, sage, rosemary, black pepper and other things. So, so I'm picturing that. Okay. I'm getting a bit of a spice blend in here. Then you're telling me lots of butter, bacon fat, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously sausage comes in at some point. Yep. Yeah. And... What, what is the sausage in here? How do, what's the sort of like, I'm assuming it's not like, you know, whole sausages. How do, is it like taken out of the casing and fried up first? What's the deal? Yeah. So you want to get like ground sausage uh, works really, really well, whether that's pork sausage that you take out of the casing and chop up yourself or you buy ground sausage, um, whatever you're partial to. But there is definitely a distinction between whether or not you cook the sausage and then make the gravy in the pan that you are cooking the sausage or you make the gravy in one pan and make the sausage in another pan and mix them together at the end. And my opinion is that you should one pan this whole situation. Sure. Uh, So you start with the sausage and then build your gravy Mm -hmm. around the sausage. And the way that I think of sausage and gravy is that the sausage is what is bringing a lot of the saltiness to the gravy itself. Right. And the gravy itself should be a little bit sweet. So again, pick your favorite pork sausage or not necessarily pork sausage, but this is really a breakfast meal. And if you're not going to get that like breakfast seasoned sausage or just your straight up pork sausage that you typically think of with breakfast, it's going to taste a little bit weird. Hmm. But yeah, the, the browning of the sausage in the pan and then build your gravy around that. My preference is to go sausage and then onions and then flour and then build your gravy mm-hmm. within that situation. And then really it's seasoned to taste of what you think tastes good because <laughs> I've had so much sausage and gravy from so many places. Actually McDonald's for a long time had a sausage and gravy meal that honestly was pretty good huh. if you got it in the morning. And <laughs> the the best ones that I have are either gravies that have really great flavor on their own or sausage that can carry the flavor of lame gravy. Right. And so if you don't if you don't have good sausage and you don't build a good gravy, then you're just eating sad, soggy biscuits. Right. And that's not a situation anybody wants to be in. <laughs> okay, so let me see if I've got this. So basically you're suggesting, like, you know, cooking up the sausage and then building the roux with the sausage grease and, and kind of just building the sauce up from there. You're saying ideally you start with really good sausage that could hold up on its own and then you want the the sauce the gravy at the end to be like kind of thick like it, it should be a thick sauce right yeah yeah thick minimum two c's okay on that thick all right um if yeah, you go to three is it too many no absolutely not i don't think that you can have gravy that is too thick you should feel your arteries clogging with every spoonful of gravy that is an absolute requirement of this dish. Like I have never eaten sausage biscuits and gravy and then said, I feel great. I've always eaten sausage biscuits and gravy and say, I want to die, but I will (laughs) die happily. 
<laughs> okay, okay. So the goal here is to make something delicious that like will feel bad like 10 minutes later. Yep, 100%. Okay. And there are a lot of places where you can go wrong with sausage gravy. And I think one of the ways that you can go wrong really easily is trying to make each individual piece taste really good. Like you want to have really good sausage, you want to have really good gravy, and you want to have really good biscuits. It's it's a pile. Like this is to be consumed together. You should not sit and spoon sausage gravy into your mouth without some sort of starch. I'm not telling you that I haven't done that. <laughs> I'm just telling you that you shouldn't. Okay. Part of that, I think, is that sausage gravy just the gravy is that really gross consistency on its own like the word gelatinous comes to mind again thick like when you pour it it should plop yeah um, i think is a good word it should have density like the density Mm. comes from the gravy and so if you are making a sauce you're doing it wrong. Right. You, you want to make a a slop and then put that slop onto bread. Okay. Okay. I think I'm feeling this. It almost sounds like the consistency you're aiming for is condensed cream of mushroom soup out of the can before you like add water. I don't not believe you, but I have never I've never <laughs> had condensed cream of mushroom soup. I've never seen it straight out of the can, so I don't know that for sure. It's uh it's it's kind of the consistency that you just described, I think. Um okay, so what I'm gonna do is between now and the second half of this episode, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make this is my challenge to myself is that I'm going to make a sausage gravy from scratch. I mean I'm probably gonna buy, you know, sausages from the store but you know fair enough i don't have a sausage grinder uh and i'm gonna make biscuits from scratch and i'm gonna see if i can do this well and i'm gonna see if i can do this in a way that like is true to the spirit of what you're telling me which is that i should feel horrible after eating it yeah i'm really curious to hear how it goes for you um i think that if you if you're gonna do one thing, you need to make the gravy itself from scratch. If you buy the biscuits, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, again, they are merely a delivery service to your mouth hole sure. for gravy. The The problem with buying pre-made biscuits here is that the, the pre-made biscuits that I can buy at my local grocery store, there is one option and I don't like them. Ah, so yeah. I think I'm gonna play around with doing something homemade till I get the texture and like... You know, because the the ones at the store are really sweet and they're like too soft. Like I like kind of a denser biscuit. I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's super reasonable. So I got to yeah. figure something and, and like a sharper cheese in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so I love cheese and I love putting cheese on everything that I eat. And I don't dislike putting cheese on sausage biscuits and gravy However, that is often the thing that pushes it too far. Like cheese, cheese is a lot of extra thickness mm. to an already thick downspout in your throat. <laughs> okay. So maybe yeah. I shouldn't try to make cheese like cheddar. I, I'm thinking like a cheddar bay biscuit, you know? I would I would advise against the cheddar bay biscuit. Interesting. Not not because it isn't good. But you need entry-level biscuits and gravy, and I think that 
the the way your insides will feel after Cheddar Bay biscuits and gravy <laughs> will turn you off from biscuits and gravy forever. Okay. So I should go with a, a more kind of basic biscuit. Yeah, like super traditional, like a, a buttery, flaky biscuit. Okay. I think is is really good. Yeah, just something something simple, right? Like let again, let the flavor of your gravy and or the flavor of the sausage carry the dish. Don't don't try and do anything special underneath it. You'll just get lost in the sauce. Yeah. That just sounds I, like such a nice place to be though. Right, lost I know. I sauce. I dream every day of being lost in the sauce, uh, and every day I am not lost in the sauce is a sad day in my own reality. But I think also the the fun thing about sausage biscuits and gravy is that like the the more you have, the easier it becomes to play with. And so one thing that I have come to really really love in sausage biscuits and gravy is using Old Bay to season the gravy. Mm-hmm. Big big fan of that partially because where my family is is like a huge crab fishing port and so old bay kind of ends up in everything right but putting old bay in sausage biscuits and gravy is very very good as well as like any sort of cajun mix like a blackened seasoning or a cajun seasoning Mm. uh will, will really step things up as well but again i think it's important that you have your first biscuits and gravy experience as a very traditional um, the way that we would say it on debate, this would be a biscuits and gravy ass biscuits and gravy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'm into this. So I'm going to make myself a biscuits and gravy ass biscuits and gravy, and uh, I will let you know how it goes. Yeah. I'm super excited to hear about it. Um, please send not only your re- review, but I would like at least one process picture to see how it's going with you building your gravy. I'm very curious. I will almost certainly make it a story on Instagram and uh, highlight it, I guess, so that it can be seen permanently. You can do that. <laughs> I will I will watch that gravy story. I'll watch that gravy story at least one time. I can't promise that I'll come back and watch it every day, but I'll watch it at least once. I hope you'll come back and watch it every day. I hope that's the kind of content I can create with my Instagram <laughs> gravy. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's what the kids want? I don't know. I've lost the thread here, but yeah, sure. (laughs) Maybe I should finally bite the bullet and get on TikTok and make a gravy TikTok. Uh, A gravy TikTok? Um, That sounds like a rap album that the kids would listen to. Um, Excuse me as I sound 10 million years old, but I do think Young Gravy is a rapper. I think that the name Young Gravy is a real name that someone performs under. If Young Gravy is not... Uh, oh yeah, no, that's a real. Mm, ooh, yep. boy. Ooh, I don't like. Yeah, him. I feel. Yeah, I. I feel. I know nothing of Young Gravy. I know his name. I know of his existence. That's all I know of the man, the myth, the legend, Young Gravy. How do you feel knowing he's from Rochester, Minnesota, and he's younger than us? Unsurprised by either of those, I think that that enforces my neutrality on the existence <laughs> of Young Gravy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's uh. That's something else. Um, <laughs> listen here to tangent this podcast in another weird but food related uh, <laughs> direction. Does the phrase dippy eggs mean anything to you? Yeah. Is it like, so like, I feel like I've heard this before. I have two thoughts. It's one of these two things. It is either when you hard boil or like soft boil an egg and then open it so you can dip your toast in it. Or it's when you um, 
cut a hole in the middle of your your bread and crack the egg into it so you can dip your is it one of those you know uh yeah no it's it's neither of those things the first one was close the second one not um yeah so dippy eggs is what people from pittsburgh like myself um refer to over easy eggs as i don't know why we don't call them over easy eggs but we call them dippy eggs because you know you break the yolk and you dip them yeah they're they're dippy huh this is fascinating because i just googled dippy eggs (coughs) and it's all soft-boiled eggs served in a cup well i one blame google canada two um I think dippy eggs is very specifically a Western Pennsylvania term. Okay. So if you, if you Google dippy eggs with no cookies on your machine from inside of the Western Pennsylvania land space, I assume that it does not send you to the right kind of dippy eggs. I, uh, um, I added Pennsylvania to my Google image search and that brought up over easy eggs or soft. Yeah. Over under hard, soft, hard. What is that called? It is over easy. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's it's just over easy. Yeah. Um yeah. Soft yeah, hard it's, eggs. It's literally just over easy. We've got to call them dippy eggs for some reason. But my my level up on sausage biscuits and gravy is that I always put two dippy eggs on top of the pile mm. of s- sausage biscuits and gravy. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah, and that again, uh it'll make you feel not great, but it's worth it. It's it's like a good not great. I uh, I am a big fan of dippy eggs. So, I, I mean I don't I've never called them that before, but maybe I'll start calling them that now. That sounds like the when kind I... of thing that if I start saying that, Teffer will leave me. <laughs> if I start calling them dippy eggs, I'm going to be single real soon. So when I first moved out of Pittsburgh and like moved uh, to Ohio, which again is only I mean I'm I literally live four hours away from Pittsburgh in central Ohio, mm-hmm. but. I would order dippy eggs at restaurants and people would have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and it took, gosh, like two or three years. Oh, maybe not that long, like a year, a year or two for me to learn what dippy eggs actually were called. Cause I just never could remember right. for 18 years of my life. I only called them dippy eggs. And then I would go to the breakfast diners in Columbus and be like, Hey, uh, yeah, can I, can I get dippy eggs? And they would look at me like I was insane. And <laughs> I had to learn that they were actually over easy eggs. You know what? We all we all have our struggles. We all have our struggles. Yeah, we do. Um, mine, are, mine are weird and revolve lingo with eggs, but we all have our struggles. <laughs> so I just wanted to uh, quickly check something here. The distance from uh, Richmond, Virginia to Columbus, Ohio is... Uh, about 770 kilometers but that's diagonal i'm not sure so so that means that like the distance in terms of like which is further north is probably like 350 kilometers maybe 400 kilometers maybe even less so you're not Uh, even that much further north than richmond virginia where you currently are no no i'm super not and that's so man we could do we could do a whole dichotomy about the american south and or i'm sorry a whole podcast about the dichotomy of the american south and where the mason dixon line is on a map and where it is in reality right but yeah it's super weird because richmond virginia is not it is a not the tourist south um which is like atlanta georgia and 
uh, Orlando, Florida, literally all of Florida. Right. Atlanta kind of gets a pass, um, but because they've been so overwhelmed by Hollywood movies, it's it's a little bit different. Um, or like Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, or Asheville, North Carolina, all very touristy South. But there are cities in each Southern state that are, to be frank, exceptionally old and exceptionally white, where everyone is still very traditionally Southern. Right. And so my family in Richmond has a much deeper, much more Southern accent than my girlfriend's family who lives in North Carolina and South Carolina. Right. Uh, like they're just, they're outcroppings of, of really Southern strongholds which but actually I think <laughs> we're back I really hated the way that sentence sounded and I would like to undo it please and thank you um, there there are cities with a lot of southern pride is worse than better um, now I have to leave culture. that whole thing in yeah yeah shit um, I don't know man like uh, I often I, I grew up joking that my hometown in western Pennsylvania um was the northernmost point below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> and I think similarly, Richmond, Virginia is the southernmost point in the northern half of the southern United States. That sentence was a disaster, but I think I said what I meant. Yeah, it's just very, very old school southern. It's a, like Charleston, South Carolina is very similar. Hmm. And the the southern experience you can have in richmond virginia is vastly different than what you would find in like washington dc which is 35 minutes north right of Richmond, or virginia beach which is 90 minutes south of richmond virginia um or even like roanoke virginia which is more southern than richmond virginia i mean richmond is the most northern point of the south and it is deeply deeply southern but <laughs> only inside of the beltway oh my god this is one of those things like uh like how soup isn't worth defining yeah yeah <laughs> where you just get deep enough into something and it loses all meaning what is the south the south is a state of mind it's a lifestyle the south is uh, biscuits and gravy yeah kind of is man it's it's biscuits and gravy it's shrimp and grits it's fried oysters Southern cooking is the best cooking. God, man, I love it. Um, I, you kind of like jokingly said at the beginning that I am, I, I'm, I don't even remember exactly what you said, but I'm like kind of wishy-washy on my Southern heritage, and it's definitely true. Being being an educated socialist in 2020 makes you feel weird about being from the South <laughs> or having ties to the South, um, especially when a lot of those ties voted Republican. Right, but. Honestly, like, there is a lot of my southern half of my family that I, I really love and am, I am really proud of. And a lot of it is a deep love of southern cooking and soul food. And I love the food that comes out of southern kitchens. And it's all, like, way too salty to be consumed <laughs> or way too sugary to be consumed or way too greasy to be consumed. And I, I think that like either you and I talked about it or I watched somebody talk about it on Food Network once. I don't know the lines between those two experiences blur often. <laughs> um, 
that Southern cooking has kind of become a, a bit of a, a joke in the cooking world. And joke is sort mm. of a strong word, but it's got the same like general public opinion about it as like campiness does in movies. Right. Because it's so easy to say like, well, that's Southern cooking because it's dripping in grease and you can smell the salt from a country mile away uh, or, or something like that. And the reality is that like Southern cooking has a lot of really cooked in flavor yeah, and it's cooked really intentionally and is, is made slowly. Like biscuits and gravy is not a quick breakfast right you know like i can whip up pancakes and bacon and eggs for myself in 20 minutes and making biscuits making sausage gravy takes a couple hours right and i i really have a love of slow cooked food and and food that is flavored with intention and is not made hastily mm-hmm yeah, it just like the more fast casual food becomes, the more I crave that southern home style soul food cooking that is is built with time and as cliche and campy and stupid as it is, is made with like a little bit of love and a little bit of care uh, to make sure that what is being put on the table is going to be the best thing that you've ever eaten and isn't just another another dish cranked out for another mouth to feed right you know you know i think i think that there is definitely something to that my kind of two thoughts on that are one the idea that only southern southern food is too salty and greasy is nonsense when you think about like how in new york city there's like a pretzel cart on every other corner that will just tear the inside of your mouth up with salt and a pizza place on every other other corner that will clog your arteries with just as much grease if not more and two yeah like there is something to like the like deep traditions of flavor and and seasoning and of things you know building layer on layer of flavor and taking time i mean i i did pulled pork today and i'm damned happy to have made pulled pork today and it you know i put it i i started it at 9 a.m and we ate it at like 5 30 yeah <laughs> And I'm so guilty of of quick food, you know? Like, sure. I, a perfect example is, like, last night, I Maddie and I ate dinner, and I was still hungry a couple hours later, and I found some, uh, like, chicken sausages in our fridge, and I knew that they wouldn't taste good in the microwave, and Maddie knew that they wouldn't taste good in the microwave, but I was hungry now, so I just microwaved them for like a minute. Sure. And they were bad, and I bitched about it the whole time, but I ate them anyway. Right. And I am so guilty of getting caught up in, I have so much other stuff to do, like I don't have time to cook, and the time I have to cook is so limited that I don't want to put in the effort or you know, take the time or build that into my schedule. And I think there's a huge loss there. Like I lose out a lot when I do cook because I don't take the time to appreciate what I'm doing or, you know, put as much effort and intention into what I'm making as I should. And yeah, it's, it's a real, a real bummer as I grow and just get busier and I never I never take the time to build cooking into my daily schedule. It's always just like 
I, I think of food as a thing I need to eat. And so I build eating into my schedule, but I don't build preparing what I eat into my schedule. Right. And not to the level of people who are like super good about counting calories and taking care of every single thing that they eat. But I do care about what I eat and what I put into my body. And if you watched me cook, I would say most of the time that doesn't come across. And that again, to, to circle back to, what we're talking about today is something that I do really love about Southern cooking that it is really intentional and has that, like it it has that time put into it to build the flavors and, and to build what you're going for. And I think Southern cooking takes a little bit of a bad rep because it's not particularly complex, you know, like it's, it's not something like Indian food or Thai food where there are tons of flavors and the profile is really wide. Mm-hmm. Southern cooking is more about doing one thing and one flavor really, really well. Right. And I really love it for that. I have an idea, Matt. Yes, Tom. How would you feel about calling back for the second half of the episode in a couple of weeks? So, I mean, you know, in like 10 minutes for the listeners. And I will update you on how my biscuits and gravy experience went. And my challenge to you between now and then is to sometime <laughs> take take an hour to make a meal. Okay. Give yourself yeah. an hour to make something tasty. Sure. I'll take that. I, I will take that and I will rejoin in 10 minutes slash a couple of weeks. All right. I'm into this idea. Oh, baby, is it mid-roll time already? Sweet! Before we get into the second half of the episode and find out exactly what happened with my biscuits and Matt's self-care, I want to let you guys know about a couple of awesome ways that you can help make the show even better going forward. Now, if you have a couple of bucks a month to spare, I'd love for you to consider hopping over to patreon.com slash up for discussion and pledging to support the show financially. You can get all sorts of awesome perks by doing it, and honestly, I rely a lot on the money I get from my patrons to, like, pay my bills and buy groceries, so every dollar helps. If you don't feel comfortable supporting us financially, that is also totally okay. A free way to help out is to subscribe, leave a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and share this episode with your friends. Maybe you have friends who absolutely love biscuits and gravy, but have never made them from scratch and might get something out of our conversation. Maybe you've got a buddy who has complicated feelings about their own tenuous connection to the South. Maybe you know someone who loves food podcasts, but has never heard our show before. Either way, sharing the show is a great way to help us grow and also connect with your pals. You breathe in heavily? Okay. Lastly, if you're an iPhone user, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For every new rating and review we get during the month of December, we'll be donating $2 to the Depot Community Food Center, my local food bank here in Montreal. And their team can work magic to turn every dollar they get into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So your two-minute action of leaving a rating and review is functionally going to provide $6 worth of food to a family in need this holiday season. Toby, can you say six? Six. That's right. All right, let's get into the second half of the show where I follow up with Matt about our respective food challenges. Okay, we are back. It's been about two weeks since the first half of the episode was recorded, and I am now touching base again with Matt to see how his challenge to himself to do an hour of cooking for himself sometime in the past couple weeks worked out, and also to update him on how my biscuits and gravy worked out. Uh, Matt, you're in a car on a highway? I am in a car on the highway. That is correct. (laughs) How did it go? How did it... Not the car specifically, the cooking. Uh, You know, the cooking went well. Um, It was definitely not a huge special dish that I ended up making. Um, but it was taco night 
and I do love tacos. Um, so what it really was was like taco salad. But one of the first things that I cooked for Maddie when we were together, because like when we first got together, I didn't cook for her for a long time because <laughs> she is a very good cook and I am a very disgusting cook and I didn't want to tarnish her image of me <laughs> through her taste buds. But sure. one of the first dishes that I actually willingly cooked for her was tacos and I like browned the meat obviously but made all of the taco seasoning myself and so it's a meal often that when it kind of comes across our weekly menu I will jump in and volunteer to make because it's not terribly hard but you can make good taco meat or you can make very bland taco meat right and it doesn't change your taco but it changes your experience <laughs> so I, I i'm pretty happy with the taco meat i made plus you know all of the other prep and chopping vegetables and opening jars of salsa and that sort of thing <laughs> how uh yeah what what goes in your tacos G- give me the rundown so that night it was taco meat avi we get some really good vegan dairy-free queso and uh, some salsa picante, um, which I think I just said in the most Midwestern American <laughs> way possible. Some salsa picante, um, picant in its Christian name. Yeah, naturally. Um, yeah, and uh, lettuce, sort of a black bean lime mixture. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, some rice. And I think we did like a chipotle crema that night, Ooh. which was was very very good as well. Amazing! That sounds like a good yeah. spread. I feel like yeah. that's that's the really nice thing. I mean, this isn't an episode about tacos, so we won't dwell on it too long. But like the the taco spread, you know, when you because I, I think that's the like Tex-Mex taco thing as opposed to the actual like Mexican taco, where like the Mexican taco is like a dish, whereas like the like Tex-Mex taco is like buffet style you've got plates of like 30 different things and you just pile on whatever you feel like every round you know and i think there's something really there's something really fun about that i i like the uh i I like i like the prep that goes into that i like the sort of shared eating experience that goes into that like not to make this the buffet episode again but like yeah it's uh (laughs) yeah that's awesome i'm i'm glad and was it like was it nice to kind of like not force yourself but like intentionally spend that time working on it this time yeah it was really nice and there was definitely an added layer of nice to it um because maddie my partner who i talk about a bunch um had worked like a crazy long day and a crazy long week and did not know that i was planning on making dinner and so when she got home and dinner was done it was like a a nice little like i didn't just cook it for me i cooked it for us right um which is great because I don't get the opportunity to do that that often. And I think I, I told you via text message when we were talking um, a week or so ago that, like, we grocery shop to a menu right. and pick our, like, meals for the week and then buy the things we need to make those meals. And typically by, like, the third or fourth meal, we're either really ready to eat something other than what's on our menu or we have accidentally used an ingredient for one menu item <laughs> that was supposed to go in a different menu item that we now can't make right and ever since college i have sort of been one of the go-to guys 
to make a meal with whatever's in the fridge. Right. And uh, shitty American tacos are a really good thing for that. They, you know, they like, you, really you can are. put anything in a taco. As a as a case in point, um, we haven't eaten dinner yet tonight before this recording because uh, we're gonna eat like right after. And um, there's like a really nice pot roast going in the slow cooker. But uh, I got hungry like an hour ago, so I made a Greek salad and. Uh, then I, you know, I finished my bowl of Greek salad. I threw my bowl and my fork into the dishwasher. We're out of clean forks. And uh, I realized I wanted a second helping. And then I remembered we had taco shells in our cupboard. <laughs> so Perfect. You best believe I piled a bunch of cucumbers and tomatoes and feta into a, into a taco shell and just... Uh, you know, it wasn't great, but it certainly worked. Yeah, I mean, what is a taco shell but a hard, thin pita? Exactly. It's it's a lot of things other than a hard thin pita, but I'll I'll die on that hill. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I think that in the in the you know in the game of categorizing food items as basically just something else, this is a perfectly reasonable comparison. Yeah, that feels like a lot less of a stress or of a stretch, excuse me, than other people have brought up on this podcast. Yeah, cough cough. Giovanni, Giovanni Colantonio. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but uh, yeah, exactly. This is less <laughs> of a stretch than cereal as soup. Um, so the other thing, obviously, that we're touching base on now, two weeks later from the, the first half of this call, is uh, my first ever biscuits and gravy experience. Yeah, which I am far more invested in than I am in my tacos, <laughs> and I want to hear about it. Um, yeah, so basically, like, I think the day after we recorded that, like I was pretty eager to jump on this because you really sold me on them. Um, I sat, I you know went to the store and I bought breakfast sausages and I made sure that I had everything else I needed, uh, which really you know flour, butter, baking powder, nothing else basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like got some nice like frozen breakfast potato like. Uh, you know the coin ones that are like rippled? Yeah, I don't know what those are called, but I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah, they're delicious. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, you know, make some make some fries, make some homemade biscuits, make some homemade gravy. It's gonna be a good time. And um, I woke up that morning. I I got everything done. My partner Teffer had told me that I should freeze the butter so that I can like grate frozen butter because then it won't. Uh, because the trick with biscuit dough is you don't want it to incorporate too much. Like, you kind of want to touch it as little as possible and just, like, make it very quickly and throw it in the oven while it's still cold. Because uh, that's how you yeah. get it nice and fluffy. Um, I forgot to freeze the butter. So I think that was the, the downfall for me was that I grated soft butter from the counter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just, was that just you, like, mash? through a grate uh, basically yeah <laughs> uh, or no you know what i think it was cold that that day so like it was actually like it basically was fridge temperature butter um but it was not you know nearly hard enough like it was it was very soft um it, it was not a gradable density no exactly it was it was you know it worked in terms of like getting the butter in like thin strips or whatever but not in terms of like getting the texture i wanted um but that said the biscuits were still delicious they weren't like as fluffy as they could have been but like for a first try making biscuits they actually turned out really good um and then for the gravy what i did was i uh like you said i got some breakfast sausage um now here uh i can't ever seem to find like just ground sausage meat uh so i had to buy the tubes um you know the links and just like 
cut them and pull the meat out of the of the casing um and i think you and i talked about this afterward that is a weirdly like intimate and satisfying experience yeah there's something very cathartic about de-sleeving meat yeah (laughs) so so i de-sleeved you know like five breakfast sausages and uh fried up the meat and then uh this has been really fun because i a few weeks ago i did an episode on um sauces and in that episode uh, i talked to someone from uh, another show on our network october jones and fish with legs um i talked to elizabeth from that show about uh how to make a roux and like you know the sort of process of like building your sauce using like some kind of fat and flour and um and that's kind of what you have to do to make a good like sausage gravy is uh, you're basically making a roux where the fat is the grease from the sausage. And so I got to kind of take what I learned from you and also take what I learned from her and build this breakfast around it. And it was really satisfying because uh, it feels like a month long project almost by accident. Um, and I got to. Yeah. So so, you know, fried the sausage started building the sauce from there make a roux yada yada i think i threw butter and some milk in there uh to kind of thicken it up and give it a creamy texture um and then i know that you said that i should just do like salt and pepper and just kind of keep it simple um but i was like i'm gonna put a little paprika in here because that felt right um (laughs) but then i accidentally (laughs) put a lot of paprika in it there was a paprika incident there was a paprika incident i think that's the exact words i used when i sent you the photos I, I think that was exactly it, and it really made me laugh. Um, I think after you sent me that, I thought for a while about how I could use the word papriked as a punchline, and I never got there, but that lives rent-free in the back of my head. Well, good. I hope that it gets there eventually. Um, but yeah, so uh, so I had a paprika incident, um, but honestly, that ended up being really tasty. Um, the only the only downside I think of the paprika incident, uh, the paprika incident of a dog in the nighttime, if you will, is that uh, it made what would have been a nice gray gravy <laughs> that would have you know had some contrast from the like golden brown of the biscuits and the golden of the potatoes is uh, it made the gravy also kind of golden. So it's a very monochromatic plate. <laughs> But it was delicious and uh, heavy. My God, so heavy, which you warned me about. But I, I kind of was like, nah, it can't be that heavy. No, it was heavy. It was real heavy. Oh, yeah. It's she thick, baby. She real thick. She real thick. And yeah, tell me about the way you felt for the next 12 hours after that meal. Uh, I think I was pretty OK like an hour later, honestly. Good. <laughs> um, OK, good. Yeah. But I... um. So like I made I made exactly enough of the gravy for Teffer and I to both have some and then I made like, you know, a full batch of I think it was like 12 biscuits or something. And we like munched on the biscuits throughout the day. They were nice, you know, even just plain or with a little butter. Um but the uh the gravy, I think that if I had eaten the whole pot myself instead of sharing it with another person, I probably wouldn't have moved the rest of the day. Uh <laughs> but I felt pretty okay, honestly. Good. I think that sausage gravy is a dish that expands more than maybe any other dish uh and it's really good and it's really good at tricking you into thinking you want another plate mm-hmm. when you super do not want a second plate right well that's it and that was kind of my strategy was i was like i'm gonna make this and i'm going to immediately distribute it between the two of us in its entirety and confession that was also kind of because i wasn't sure what consistency it would be if i left it on the stove while we ate the first helping and i didn't want to find out 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, so so it worked out. It wasn't like overwhelming. Um, I think I'll make it again at some point. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like rushing to make it again because it was a lot of work for breakfast, which is a meal where I usually just you know toast some bread with cheese in the toaster oven. <laughs> Um, yeah, right but, on. But as a special occasion thing, or maybe even as like a dinner at some point, I would definitely come back to it. Yeah, for sure. I think that some of the best sausage gravies I have had slash I have made have been days where I've w- woken up in a house full of friends or family where everyone is hungover, right. but I woke up first <laughs> and have enough time to make a gravy happen. Uh before the hangover really beats me back down onto the couch. Sure. So that it is definitely like you get what you you get what you deserve from the time you put into it, but it is not a quick weekday breakfast. No, exactly. I think uh that said I will probably make biscuits a little bit more often. Um cuz that like y- you know, yes, it was not the perfect texture, but honestly like I would continue to eat them, not the perfect texture, and be totally fine with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, biscuits definitely have an ideal texture, right. but there's a a wide margin for error when it comes to biscuits. Yeah, that's it. Like, I found, um, like, I think I wouldn't want to cook them, I wouldn't want to make them too much denser than I made them, because then I think they would start to be, like, kind of too uh, dry almost, right? Um mm-hmm. But, like, you know, just because they weren't as fluffy as would have been ideal, I, I still think they turned out really, really good. And, like, Teffer was like, wait, you've never made biscuits before? These are wonderful. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. I'm on the right track here. And I think I would like to eventually make a perfect batch. But I feel like they are something that uh, the the margin of error is, like, or what am I trying to say? Like you said, the window the window with them is big enough that like I'm willing to have a bunch of batches that are not perfect on the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think, uh, all that being said, happy, uh, happy biscuits and gravy day to you and to everybody listening. And, uh, if you're listening and you've never made a sausage gravy or biscuits or both from, uh, from scratch before, give it a shot. I used recipes from, uh, I think all recipes.com for uh for mine and they turned out good actually that's a lie i used the recipe from allrecipes.com for the biscuits the gravy i kind of just like i mean i understood what went into it so i just you know winged it it was made from the recipe of love yeah exactly i i made love to the sausages and they paid me back with a paprika incident (laughs) oh that's very good well a happy biscuits and gravy day to you too tom Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Matt, before I let you go pick up your dinner from the parking lot that you just pulled into, question mark, uh, is there anything you want to plug before we uh, wrap up? Yeah, man. I wish I could plug this restaurant because I wish they sponsored me and I would eat their wings more. But uh, yeah, if you want more of my hasty ramblings about wings, politics, and biscuits and gravy, uh, you can follow me on social media at MC underscore DJ underscore MC across all platforms. And if you want to listen to a podcast that I'm on that just released, well, I don't know exactly when this comes out, but from time of recording, just released probably the most cursed episode we've ever made. It was real uh, cursed. Yeah, it's something else, man. It is It is something else. But you can find us on all social media at Debate This Cast. 
and we are on all podcast platforms as Debate This. My God, yeah. Um, Matt is referring to episode 69 of Debate This, which um, I'll put a link to in the episode description for this. Uh, You should go give it a listen. It was an experience. (laughs) It is. Yeah, you know, experience is a a good, safe word (laughs) for that episode. You may want to enter that episode with a safe word, in fact. (laughs) Well, Matt, thanks again for uh, for joining me and then for surprise joining me a second time on the same episode. And uh, I I mean, not to like spoil any plans that we have, but I think listeners will be hearing from you again fairly soon. Yeah, and I am so excited about it. I think about it every day. Me too. I think about you constantly. You are always on my mind, Tom's alive. <laughs> you know, it's because I watch Food Network like six hours a day. <laughs> yes, because you're my <laughs> Discovery Network friend. <laughs> it's it's good. Listeners, if you don't have a friend who you can text about every dumb show that you're watching, you need to find one because it's, uh, it's a good thing to have. I didn't, I feel like I didn't really have that before we met. No, I, outside of my relationship with my girlfriend, I have no one I talk about Food Network and HGTV <laughs> with nearly as much as I talk about it with you. And, and I'm very happy about that. That's it. And like, you know, with, with like romantic partners, like especially if you're like living together or like functionally living together, it's not quite the same because like you're in the same room, you know? It's not someone that you can message and be like, did you just see what, what Alex Gornishelli did? And like five minutes later, they write back and they're like, I'm in Canada, actually. We have a different Food Network here. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's our exact conversation, like at least three days a week. <laughs> God, I hate it. I need a VPN. We'll we'll work on that. Yeah. I think there's a there's at least one VPN provider that sponsors podcasts. We'll track them down. Yeah, that's it. We'll track them down and threaten them. I don't yeah, know why I went that direction with it. <laughs> we could just track that's them how down. We always get what we want, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Your your mic distorted while you said that, but it was kind of the perfect time for it to distort, you know? Good. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, enjoy your, you said chicken wings? Yeah, it's uh, it's Tuesday wing night. Oh, hell yeah. But I'm not going to eat in a restaurant because it's like a pandemic or whatever. Well, yeah, fair enough. Well, enjoy your chicken wings. Enjoy the drive home, drive safe, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you and Teffer, enjoy your dinner. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye, Tom. Bye. Yeah, so fun. So fun. Uh-huh. Well, thank you guys for listening to Up for Discussion. I hope that it was so fun for you, too. Uh, do you have a favorite way to eat biscuits and gravy? Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking or at TomZalatani. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to Patreon.com slash UpForDiscussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, Erica, and Chantal. Our patrons get access to our Discord server, the ability to request topics for episodes of the show, invites to exclusive Zoom dinner parties, and so much more. That's patreon.com slash up for discussion. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support us for free. Toby, can you say free? Free. <laughs> yeah. Free free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend our theme music is by zach ingles and our cover art is by david flam you can find links for both of them in the description of this episode as well as links to everything matt and i talked about and last but not least this show is produced and edited by me tom zalatni as part of the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com toby can you say bye matt bye you want to say bye-bye uh. okay well we'll see you next week you are Stand. It just takes a little
I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upward Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.